Welcome back to whatever we want, a podcast about celebrating storytelling. We usually talk movies and TV shows, but because of the ongoing writers and actors strike, we are trying to stand in solidarity with them and discuss other forms of storytelling, which has been honestly a fun challenge. And I'm surprised we haven't talked about what we're talking about today uh, to this point. I don't know why it didn't cross my mind, but um, we're talking <laughs> about comics. A lot of the movies we talk about are based on, um, but... We're talking about the source material this time because we're both pretty avid comic fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to kind of just run through some of our favorite runs or like some favorite stories that stand out to us and just highlight the, the storytelling techniques in, in each one. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good to me, dude. All right, cool. I'm representing for our audio for, listeners. I have a Spidey shirt Spidey. on. Daniel has red, but he's wearing a college I mean, I have my Mustafar. Right? Was true. You know, there are so Star Wars comics, I guess, right? Oh, yeah. No, there's definitely are, dude. There's, they actually get into a lot of detail, especially the ones about, like, Darth Vader. The Darth Vader comics can get, like, pretty, like, intense to, like, the stuff that he had to do. Is there any you want to talk about or any that stand out to you? Um, like, if I, I was, if I came to you and was like, what is a Star Wars or Darth Vader comic I should, like, start with or, like, that you just think is really good, which one would you show well, off? here's the thing. I don't really remember like the uh the series titles or anything like that but i remember there was this um the series where it was darth vader like right after he turned right when he turned from anakin to darth vader yeah yeah yeah. so and in this line he's going from uh i remember like he gets in contact with some of these old relics uh as soon as he like, gets his castle and stuff set up and there's this one i think this is like a what if technically but it wasn't really and the reason I say this because he had contact with this one kyber crystal. Okay. The whole like he started to have like this whole force uh, like, like vision. vision that was so real that it was, practically was like a what if right and it was like what if he turned good. Oh. So it was crazy because he like he he turned against the emperor and he, oh, he realized wow. what he was doing was so wrong. So it's like going from that point forward. What would happen if he like? Yeah, he, he like he went back to Obi Wan and like oh, apologized. Shoot. He's like, I'm sorry, my master, I I failed you. And he's like, Dang. Yeah, dude, it was freaking, it was freaking dope. There's other ones too, to where like yeah. where he he goes through like other trials and stuff like that that the emperor sets up for him. Like I know there's one where he fights. I forget if it's Force Vision or like some weird clone of Maul. Mm, okay. It's funny because like well, not funny, but it's like it's super sad. That's like the complete opposite of funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> funny, actually. Wait, no, it's the opposite of that. <laughs> You can tell Daniel just woke up, but, even though but it's no, 1 p.m. But, his time. Yeah. No, no, I've been up since, like, 11, but, like... Oh, I've been up for, like, 45 minutes. <laughs> I, I was just... Scro- it's funny, I was scrolling through, like, in- Invincible comics as I was just laying in mm. bed, but... This is another okay. thing I want to get into, if you're okay yeah. with that. I don't know if you want to be spoiled yeah. or not, but... Uh, uh, but no, actually, like, yeah, but, I, I like that show. I don't know. <laughs> but, no, for for this series with, with uh, Vader, it was... I remember there's one point to where he's fighting this clone of Maul, and he's, like, really struggling, because he's conflicted eternally. And it gets to the point to where he takes his lightsaber and, like, goes to himself. And Maul oh. asks him, like, what do you hate so much that you could defeat me? And he says, myself. And, like, oh, it was, like, yeah, I've seen dude. that, that like, panel, like, that couple yeah, of panels. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I love, yeah. I love stories with Vader that, like, revolve around him really exploring himself and, like, getting to understand yeah. himself emotionally. Like, yeah, the Because that's a big aspect of his him. character. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that is one method that the comic books, like just overall, are better at. Is they can they can have like the thought bubbles, and you're you're able to see internally like what they're thinking a lot more than just 
in a movie or TV show. Yeah. And that's also like, it's it's kind of like a medium ground, I guess, between books and film and stuff like that, because it's like a graphic novel. So you have like these panels of like the action that's happening, although it's not like a fluid, like a video, but all, and you don't get as much detail as like a book because you you have limited space. So it's only like what they're talking and like they're really most inner thoughts. You don't have any like descriptions of the surrounding scene because that's in the graphic image itself. Yeah. Just interesting, kind of the medium, the middle ground there. That's cool. Do you mind if I go into my first? Yeah, uh, you go ahead. Or Tom, I want to talk about. All right. Yeah. Before I get into mine, I wanted to shout out. Um, if anyone that's listening feels inspired to like find new comic stories, definitely check out Sixty Second Comic Facts on oh, yeah. TikTok. He's been on our show before when we talked about Spider-Man No Way Home, but he like summarizes comic books basically in his videos, and I I've seriously like honestly learned like about a lot of cool stories that I have never like heard of before him he he's like this encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to comic books and like special runs uh and, and like really cool stories yeah he's a super nice guy so yeah check him out i i'm gonna talk mainly about spider-man which is why i'm wearing yeah, the yeah. spider-man shirt because those were the main comics i read when i was growing up because my dad's college roommate his name's mike his name was mike Pashulo. he recently passed away unfortunately oh, yeah damn. sorry to hear so he was the vice president of marketing at Marvel. So when my sister and I were kids, he would send us like boxes of comic books. Um, and that's actually like my first exposure into um, like comic books, which got me excited about the movies, which ultimately like led me to like working in the industry and in the film industry. So Mike and my dad are like a huge part of like why uh, I'm out here, which is really cool. But he would send us like boxes of comic books. And a lot of it was like favored towards, it was very heavy like Spider-Man comics because those were like the kind of, most pg and like lighthearted because i was like a child um <laughs> and then as i grew up i just kind of got used to the those and i expanded a bit into like wolverine and um what runs other. were there was it like amazing ultimate like uh, uh there it was like seriously like a huge hodgepodge like just boxes of like random ones like they mm. weren't like in order it was just like random stories some of them were just like i, I think the one i want to talk about first is uh the amazing spider-man 678 i killed tomorrow Part one, Schrodinger's Catastrophe. It's a very long title. Um, but I think this was like a like a sort of it's a a mini plot within like the overall arching like the Amazing Spider-Man series, but like it's uh I I'm gonna kind of summarize and run through the story, but it's like I think the whole story was like two comics and I had both comics and luckily in the box they were like back to back, so I was was able to read them instead of just mm -hmm. finding one and not knowing where the other one was. Um but this one was cool because uh, Peter Parker was like in his mid twenties at this point, so it was kind of yeah. like a later interpretation of Spider Man, and he's like gotten pretty good at being Spider Man, and he's also kind of gotten his life together as Peter Parker. Like he's worked out that balancing act, which were the early days. Like I think that's like a big part of the story. So he works at like this science lab where they do like all sorts of like physics experiments and stuff. What year did this come out? I have no idea, dude. Hmm. <laughs> that is not anything I have off the top of my head. Uh, but. He, I think it's like probably in the 2010s, somewhere in that. So is this when he was decade. working on Horizon? I don't know, Daniel. Daniel okay, is very. No, I just, I, try time. I just know the big points. I'm trying to figure out which lab he's working at in your story. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, you're good. Uh, so his the comic kind of like kicks off where one of his coworkers like rushes in and is like, "Hey, Peter, like look at this. I've had like a breakthrough, like a eureka moment. Like come check this out." And basically, his partner brings him to the brings Peter to this to the break room, like the normal break room. And Peter's like, "What the heck? Like this just seems like the normal break room." And the guy that built it like walks in 
and he walks back out with the newspaper of that was on the table and it's the newspaper of tomorrow so basically he, he's made this break room door like a portal as like a time machine that goes exactly one day in the future and peter's like holy crap like that's incredible like and they're looking at the newspaper and it like has stuff that like spider-man's done from the day that peter hasn't done yet um and it has like act like this ceremony that the mayor does that is scheduled to, for like later that day like the actual yeah. present day um and peter's like that's crazy let me check it out so he walks in and the second he steps foot in there it's like the world changes and it's like a the future is like this catastrophic like event has happened and like basically it looks like a nuke has gone off and like the world has ended and peter like freaks out and like runs back to the present day and mm -hmm. he's like what happened what happened and everything's still fine in the present day and the the lab guy that built it is like i have no idea like it just works that basically whenever you step foot through the door like it's it takes you to a future as if you weren't there that whole day so something that peter did in that day prevents like the world from ending basically and from this like nuke going off and luckily they still have that newspaper of all the events mm -hmm. spider-man did in the good timeline so peter like runs out and he and this lab guy are like on a f phone call and uh they're trying to run through all the things spider-man did during that day to uh like prevent the world from ending and they keep the lab door open so that mm -hmm. they can like view they can like uh, yeah hot swap and like see yeah. yeah, and it's really cool because it's just like a fun... Is it Spider-Man really doing his normal day-to-day -day stuff, but the added stakes of like, could this be something... Could this be the thing that ends the world? So it's like, he's like a race against the clock, like trying to figure it out. Yeah. And he's going like around like crazy trying to stop stuff and nothing is preventing. It's getting down like to the wire. That's basically the whole run is him going around doing all these tasks as Spider-Man trying to prevent the, the world from ending. And nothing's changing. Like at the end of the day like it's getting close to the 24 hours that like the event's about to happen and mm -hmm. everything spider-man's doing is like not having an impact on it then peter realizes like he runs back and tells the guy to turn off the machine and the guy turns off the machine and what he realized is that peter parker would have stayed and checked the math on that guy's experiment on the door he would have realized that the math was off and it was an unstable time machine that was prone to explode and they would have shut down the time machine. So it's the act of shutting down the time machine, something that Peter Parker would have done that prevented the world from 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 like this nuke from going off basically. Dang. And I, I just really like that. I think Peter gets caught up in himself as being Spider-Man and I think it shows a side that like, oh, Peter Parker actually has a very big impact on the world too and that shouldn't be forgotten about. And it's at the end of the day, that's what mattered is what Peter Parker did, not Spider-Man. So I think yeah. that, that was a cool story in my mind. Yeah, no, I really like that holistically. That was, that was pretty well, yeah. well summarized. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good one. It's also, um, I, I love the art style. It's like this artist from I think the 2010s that really had like a unique style. I don't know exactly their name but um i was really into all their comics they drew at the time um it was it was just a really cool interpretation of peter parker and how he draws spider-man is really cool yeah uh but yeah that was my first comic story i wanted to talk about uh nice any, any thoughts on that one you want to check it no, out <laughs> no i think i think it's something that we need to see more with spidey moving forward though uh, I mean, we, we kind of see a little bit, like, w one of my favorites, which I'll get to a little bit here, is Spider-Man Life Story that goes into mm -hmm. that. But uh, it's it's the duality of, like, having more importance with Peter. And not only have we been seeing that in comics, but we also saw that more recently, say, with, like, the 
the Spider-Man PS4 games, right? Yeah. Like, we're seeing that Peter has, like, a much more influence to uh, yeah. uh, saving people just as much as uh, Spider-Man, which is it's, it's right. a cool reflection on on the value of both sides of himself. Right. Which I like. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of interesting stories can stem from is the the pool of Peter versus Spider-Man. And I think, yeah, it, you're right that it's often not highlighted a ton that Peter has significant impact on the world around him. Like, uh, and I think that's something to that's important to talk about. Um, yeah. That's something I feel like we're going to be starting to get. Well, not even starting. We kind of already are with Spider-Verse, with Miles, you know? I feel like with yeah. Miles, we're starting to get, like, his individuality come out of him. Like, of course, he's a Spider-Man, but there's also, like, his uniqueness within, like, the Spider-Verse movies. But, like, I feel like comic-wise, we, we're needing to get a little bit more of that, too. We kind of get some of that within Spider-Verse and the comics as well, and his importance and his role, like, from jumping from his 1610 to the Amazing uh-huh. uh, well, 616 universe. But that that's, you know... There's a lot of stuff that happens here and there with that, but uh, no, yeah. I want to talk about like life story, Spider-Man life story, because I feel like that was a really unique way uh, how that story was written for Spidey about how to age Spider-Man for whatever times he was in and how to actually have him in like a universe that like ages properly to say, because like like the what more you, you like have Spider-Man with, comics with this, well no, because like like how how old has Peter been for like the last like fifty years? Yeah, he's been like a teenager for like. Like, well, Ever. teenager on his, like, his 20s, right? He ages super well. Maybe 30s, <laughs> if, if you're really pushing it. That's one of the biggest complaints when it comes to, like, the amazing run. Let's drop it, the skincare routines, Peter Parker, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they need, they want him to, like, grow up, and they want him to change. The, the, the audience. Person, okay. Right? Uh-huh. Uh, whereas instead, they're having, like, terrible stories. Like, the most recent run of Amazing Spider-Man, they had this stupid thing with, like, him and Mary Jane, and there was uh, this guy named Paul, and then, like, Peter got stuck in another, like, reality for a little bit, and then Mary Jane, like, left Peter to be with Paul. There were, like, these kids. Oh, no. And it was, like, it was like proposed that, like, they were Mary Jane and Paul's kids. But then oh, that was, shoot. like, changed later on. And then uh, it turns out they were just kids that they found in this other reality. No, sorry. It, it, was, it was so, dude, it was so convoluted and stupid. It made okay. Peter look like a simp. And, like, ugh. It was it was just bad. It was bad. Well, what's the good so, story you want to talk about? <laughs> the good story with life story though does it amazingly because it shows Peter growing throughout like it pretty much does it like by kind of like decade, and you get like okay. the spider suits and different uh, iterations of him dealing with other superheroes over time, and you get a lot of the major events too. Interesting. Does he like uh, deal with like universe? younger superheroes as an old or uh, younger yeah. supervillains as an older hero and like has to come to terms with that? Yep, like his agent. And there's also That's times where like there's there's super villains that are older. They 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 pass away. Other ones that become more problematic uh, as time goes on. Like I believe it starts either like in the 50s or 60s. Uh, Interesting. It's like it's kind of like OG Spider-Man, right? Yeah. So, you know, for like a cla- like actual like classic, and then it gets up to like like the 20th century where he's like an older guy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's really cool to see the dynamic there. I feel like that's that's like a really interesting like if it's not done well, that could backfire a lot because i feel like the core of spider-man is like that he's relatable because he's like just this kid trying to figure it out so i think it would be fun to see that grow if it's done right and it sounds like it's done oh, no right it was done very comic. well i mean it, it was really nice seeing him when it came to regards to like really when it came to civil war during that time which i think in oh. that universe was like in the 80s or 90s so he um, was like 40 or 50 30 or 40, 40 i think he was like 30 or 40 okay 
no, I think no, I think you're right. I think he's like forty or fifty. I think in those panels he was having a little bit of gray. But yeah, so okay. Uh, but yeah, so so it, it was interesting to see because again, like he still has like this great strength, this great like he still matches up with Cap. But at the same time, like he's beating Tony, like he's able to get Tony locked out of his suit, and he's like, you know, he's oh. just doing this stuff because he's like, at that time he was like, yeah, I haven't been in the Civil War because like I, I uh, didn't want to be. He's like, not like out of his when, element. Yeah, like he's still doing stuff here and there. Like he doesn't feel like it's in over his head at this point. Yeah, but like he wanted to put. He also made sure that the, like when it came to when there's like that one final meetup, like he made sure like the guys were in check, and he's like, yeah, this is, this is uh, you guys shouldn't be fighting. Like you should be doing. Yeah, this. but there's, there's the uh, in, in the uh, in the end, it all comes to a head. Uh, when he and Miles, because there's also Miles Morales in this universe. Oh, okay. Um, and Peter Parker's and believe, not dead. Okay. I believe Doc Ock. Uh, takes you know like with Superior Spider Man how Doc Ock takes yes. over he yeah. for Peter but in this universe is with Miles so oh, okay sorry just to explain for the audience in the, in the Superior Spider Man run which is something I we could talk about at some point as well yeah either in this episode or a future one about comics but Doc Ock basically uh, is mind like dying with, and with mind Peter swaps as he with dies. Peter so yeah. yeah as he he's mind swaps and then Doc Ock's body dies so the the soul and mind of Peter Parker like dies. And Doc Ock takes over as Spider-Man, um, and he kind of merges with Peter's like conscious, like moral consciousness a little bit, and he like yeah. wants to try to do good as Spider-Man, but it's through the lens of like Doc Ock and with his convoluted sort of evil mind. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's no, that's a very good run. But, but you're saying in this universe it happens with Miles? Yeah, yeah. In this universe it happens with Miles. It comes to the, like, when it comes to like the end of the series, you get um, him and Peter. Well, yeah, like Ock. Miles, right, and Peter kind of working together. We're, Doc we're, Miles, yeah. Doc Miles, <laughs> <laughs> Doc Side Willies. Uh, <laughs> but no, um, there was this thing going on with this like orbital weapon that they had to go up and stop. Uh, and Peter ultimately sacrifices himself. Miles is sent back down to Earth in like an escape pod, and you get to see Peter as like a young self again with Mary Jane because Mary Jane had already passed at this time. Um, oh wow. So he's with her again, and it was like he saved the day again, doing doing his Peter yeah. thing. Um, and then there's it's still Peter Tingle. There's gonna still be a Spider-Man to hold on the legacy. So okay, it, it it was a very well done story. I didn't read through all of it, but I know like the gist of like the major plot hole. Like, Not done well points. enough to finish the story. But no, no, I just haven't read. Like I don't have the physical comic. Like if I had the physical thing, I'd go through all of it, dude. Like it, yeah. But from what I've read, it's been it's been really good. It was it was a really good comic series. That I would highly recommend. Okay. Is this one that you read through TikTok? Like you just stumbled yes. across it? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's See, cool. I've actually read the ones I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's cool. Um, all right. Are you cool if I jump into my next one? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the next one I have is, um, I forget if it's, I remember I just had, I had this like hardback, um, like special edition comic that I think it just was called Carnage, but I think oh. it might be. You might know it, yeah, but it's like yeah. I think it's like a bunch of comics strung together, and it's like this self-contained this Carnage story, which I was looking at it online last night, and they're selling for five hundred dollars now. And really? I'm like, maybe I should find where I put that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's Let basically it appreciate this, a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. The so the so the story is that Spider-Man and Venom team up against Carnage. Uh, yeah. So I I think it's like a comic. Even this hardback is like kind of part of an overarching story still, um, mm-hmm. 
so Cletus Cassidy is like this psychopathic serial killer, and he happens to be Eddie Brock's cellmate, and Eddie Brock is like the one half of Venom. Um, yep. And one, at, like at one point, the Venom symbiote comes in and breaks Eddie out of prison, and like bashes a hole in the wall. And when that happens, like a, a piece of the symbiote like falls off, and I, I think it's explained that the, the symbiote like it, it's like. Uh, asexual so it like has it basically yeah, like, like, has a kid in that moment yeah. <laughs> um, which is just a weird concept to think about um, and like it just gets left behind in the cell and it merges with Cletus Cassidy so it's this symbiote infused with this ser- psychopathic serial killer and, and so that happens they merge and then I think at another point in the comic like just separate from this Spider-Man and Venom are fighting and uh, Spider-Man's it's like his most dangerous villain like venom is his most dangerous villain at this point because he knows that he's peter parker so his entire family's in danger and and what i think this run does well is emphasizes that venom is not like a villain which is kind of interpretation of the the movie but he's like he's just anti-peter parker and spider-man like all of his rage and his hate goes towards peter he's not like out to get the world or anything like that like he's actually kind of like a reasonable human being besides this direct violent rage against peter parker yeah and so peter knows this and so it's basically only his life and his family and friends that are in serious danger so he doesn't want to kill venom what he does is he they go to this deserted island i think they Mm -hmm. take like the fantastic four car something like that to go to this deserted island and they fight and spider-man fakes stages and fakes his own death yeah and make sure that venom sees this so eddie brock and the venom symbiote who both only hate spider-man and peter parker they are like content they're like oh thank freaking goodness like spider-man's dead like our mission such a concept i I love that that series. just imagine the venom's on an island like oh yeah i'm just gonna go fishing today you know like yeah and so basically (laughs) that's what happens is once they think spider-man's dead they just stay on this deserted island and like are gonna like live happily ever after and peter goes back he sneaks back to new york and just starts living his life well then carnage eventually comes out of the shadows and is wreaking havoc and like kind of following up on all of his past serial killer victims that like he didn't get to finish off and just like going even crazier like killing more because he has this this new power unlimited power yeah and spider-man is like so confused because he's like is this venom this looks like venom but it's different and so um he and I think that's also cool, like, the design kind of keeps devolving, because the reason Venom looks like he does is because it's taking elements of the Spider-Man costume when he was molded to the black suit, and mm-hmm. it's, like, kind of more liquefied, because it's not strictly that. And then Carnage is, like, a level removed of that, so it's, like, even stringy. I just think the art in it is really beautiful and, oh, and yeah. cool. So, yeah, Cletus Cassidy's, like... I'm pretty sure it was Todd that... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off to illustrate huh? this run, right? Todd McFarlane? Oh, uh, I'm not sure. It might be. Um, I'm not, I'm, I don't know a ton about like specific artists and stuff. I know like of Todd McFarlane, but I don't know if he did this run. Yeah. But so I, I think it's really interesting because Spider-Man can't defeat Carnage and is like in way over his head. And he basically comes to this moral quandary and he's like, I need to go back to the Island and ask Venom for help. I think, I think it's really cool. The, the moral dilemma that Peter goes through cause he wants to stop Carnage, but to do that, he has to tell venom that he's still alive so he's still alive yeah and that'll put a target on him and all of the people he loves 
backs again um, and he doesn't know what to do and there's a bit where he's like debating if he's gonna do it or not and ultimately that goes back to the core Spider-Man like always doing the right thing so he does sacrifice his own personal safety for the safety of the greater good and he goes mm -hmm. back to the island to confront Venom and tell him hey I'm alive and something happened with Carnage uh, like there's this new guy carnage around it's like a symbiote and at first venom's like pissed He's like what the heck and like they start to have like a little battle But once Peter explains like and calms venom down venom again going back to like how he is not This evil guy. He just hates spider-man. He realizes like oh, this is his fault like the symbiote tells him like yeah I had a child um, and he's like what the heck <laughs> um, and he realizes like what because he also knows how crazy Cletus Cassidy was he knows this is bad. Yeah. so they temporarily team up and fight Carnage together. And it's like this super tense team up because they're like enemies, but they like work together to go back to the city and like they fight Carnage. And at the end, it culminates Venom tells Spider Man to point like a sound gun or like a use speakers against, like cranked up really high against both the symbiotes because like Venom hasn't Carnage held down because like the symbiotes are susceptible to sound. And Venom is like keep going like it hurts me but like the offspring can't be as powerful as like the the parent and so like uh eventually the carnage symbiote like dissipates and is like at bay like no longer a threat and it gets contained and then Venom's like all right Peter stop like I'm good we're good and Spider-Man's like I'm sorry for my own safety like I have to put you in justice. Uh, I have to even so Spider-Man like kind of goes back on his word for his own safety and his family's, which is like this really morally question questionable situation that he's in. Which I love that they like explore that in the story, and then eventually Venom gets detained, and it adds to his hate for him because Spider-Man went back on his word again. So, um, so it it like builds tension for the next time they ever f fight. Uh, yeah. So it's just a really cool very cool run cool stuff i think he's i think he's again you summarized that pretty well thank you yeah also side note did you know that when Ooh. venom like you know his tongue he has like all the green stuff that comes out every now and then uh-huh you know that's his excrement oh really yeah like whenever he eats people or anything like that, that that green stuff that he like spits out or like has on his tongue that's excrement he poops yep okay what? Thanks. I did not. I could have gone my whole life without knowing <laughs> yeah. that. I don't know why you made me think of that. I was like, you know what? Let me give him this little weird fact. You know? <laughs> Your face just reminds me of poop, so I figured I have to bring it up. <laughs> um, interesting. <Yeah. laughs> I think I think we need to get off Spidey a little bit. He has a lot of great stories, but I think we need to change it up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we I've done two. You've done one. Do you want to do one more, and we can call well, it there? I thought you'd do two if you if you include. Vader one, Vader, there's a, it was more like a tidbit do, thing. It was we'll really do one art, more, but... see what we're at, and then maybe we could do a part two sometime in the future. Because there's a bunch of stories we can talk about. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so what's your last one you want to talk about? Okay, I kind of want to talk about Invincible, but I don't want to ruin anything yeah, for you. Yeah, so, thank you. I appreciate that, because I really like the show. The show's, You haven't seen the show still yet, have you? No, I have. Oh, yeah, you. sorry, it's The Boys you haven't yeah. seen. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Then I could still talk about season one because you talked about because you've seen season one. Yeah. Which is out. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like it, that's a good arc, and it what's beautiful about season one and like this original arc when it comes to Invincible kind of sets up everything else that happens within the universe, right? Uh, which there's a lot that happens in this universe. There's a lot when it comes to like, <laughs> yeah, just really dark tropes, multiversal stuff. A lot of moral questioning when it comes to like the development of Mark over time. 
I mean, early on, like in, in, in this thing, where like like he's questioning because he has all this power, right? He's like, hey, should I? Can you summarize like at the beginning like, of Invincible? kill? Should I not kill stuff like that? And, well, no, I'm gonna get to that. But what I'm trying to say is. Like I'm trying not to spoil stuff for you, but I'm also trying to like let you know the, like what's what's that, to like, come. It's still it's building to something good still. Yes. No, okay. like like this is it's it's in totality, it's beautiful. Right? Uh-huh. And that's what this run really did. It kinda opened up us with this new superhero, Mark Grayson, developing his superpowers and trying to figure out who he is as a person and what it means to be a hero, right? Mm-hmm. Spoilers for Invincible, yeah, we like probably the say comic that and the show coming up. Yeah. So just if you haven't seen it, you want to uh, skip to the next section. Now, to start off, we really should be starting off with Omni-Man, which is his dad, right? And Omni-Man right. is an alien that very Superman-like came to Earth and uh, became a superhero and started saving people. And he joined the Guardians of the Globe, kind of. He wasn't really an official member, but he helped out. Just like a team of superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're, kind of like knockoff Justice League, which is kind of funny. But at the same time, like, it kind of adds to, like, when they all die mysteriously. So now the rest of the world and the secret organization of... I forget what the the government's secret secret government whatever thing is called. It's it's run by... uh, Cecil, this really creepy yeah. guy with a scar on his face. Uh, yeah. And his, his job to protect the world. And he's, he's like, okay, but uh, we have the Guardians of the Globe. We have these other superhero teams, but like the Guardians just died. And we need to figure out why. And why Omni-Man was the only survivor when this attack happened. Right? So that kind of is, there's kind of like this this uh, mystery arc going on in the beginning. And you're trying to figure out, okay, like what happened, why, and so on. Oh, interesting. Uh, so in the comic, you don't know it's Omni Man. Well, no, in the, well, sorry, no. In the comic, you do know it's Omni Man, too. I, I should have said that for Cecil, it's like a mystery of him trying to figure out what's going on. Right? Okay, gotcha. He's, he's very suspicious of Omni Man, considering he's the only survivor and like yeah. how the people were killed. Yeah. But he's trying to figure out all this. Like, like, why Omni-Man would do this, and he's trying to keep it on the DL. At the same right. time, though, we have Omni-Man's son, Mark Grayson, who is now just developing superpowers as a teenager. Right. It's kind of like Sky High, out... a little bit. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put you in a different class based on your gym skills. Sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Hero. But, yeah, so so Mark's just now developing his powers, and he's figuring out, okay, so now I'm, I'm able to fly, I have super strength, uh, I'm like have this really strong resistance to things, and he starts meeting up with the Teen Team, which is another group of superheroes, a bunch of teens. That <laughs> uh, like a rip off of the Teen Titans. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and along the way, there's teen drama, there's relationship stuff, there's cheating going on with some yeah. internal members. It's kind of like a like high school classic drama show or co- dramedy show, but with the flavor yeah. of superheroes. Yeah, exactly. And you even get to the point where you get some, like, mad scientists, like, experimenting on people, like, college students, and he, like, makes them into, like, robot cyborgs. Yeah. Uh, so you get all kinds of crazy stories like that, and, like, little like little episode short arcs. But overall, you really start seeing, like, the big arc is where Mark is starting to realize himself what his dad did. Yeah. And, and uh, it all comes to a head when, like, Omni-Man kind of, like, admits it to him as, like, this giant kaiju monster yeah uh terrorizing a city so then mark is like trying to save the city work with his dad but then like figure out like why his dad would do this and then that's when omni man comes forward with the truth and tells him like hey we're vultramites which is our alien race's name and we are conquerors we we conquer worlds for the ultramite empire 
So the reason and Omni Man's there is that he's like prepping Earth to He's prepping Earth to be conquered, right? Yeah. And he but... shows how, how little he thinks of humanity uh by literally throwing Mark through like cities and people and like Dude, trains. the subway shot. Yeah. Dude, again that was spoilers, but in crazy. in the in the I'm not sure this happens in the comic, but in the show, like he actually we probably shouldn't talk about the show because of the strike and stuff, but does this happen in the comic too? Yeah. In the comic, I guess, then, like I said, he, like, Omni-Man flies down and, uh... I don't know if this or anything happens specifically, but we'll say, we'll just say it does. Well, I don't know, then. It's, it's a really good scene. I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting... And, that, and that's where the, the show ends, but I guess the comic, like, continues, and they're making more seasons of the show. Oh, yeah. Um, well, well, we should say this. Like, like Omni-Man's, like, throwing Mark around like crazy, right? But, mm-hmm. like, the way it actually ends is... As Omni-Man is trying to make Mark realize, like, hey, we're going to live for thousands of years. Like, humans only live for so long. Like, we'll see this planet turn to dust. Yeah, he even says his wife is, like, a pet to him, yeah, basically. He's, like, yeah, yeah, but, uh, like, his it's, like, a wife. totally terrible mindset. But then Mark, mm. being both Vultramite and human, he's, like, he has that sentimental value, obviously, towards people. Because he's, like, these are my people. Yeah. And he's, like, I'll still have you, Dad. Like, I'll still have both right because i am both and his dad realizes yeah. that and that he has instead like, of, like moral killing his son epiphany. he yeah. decides to leave he, the like, planet and completely uh uh he abandons his post as a Voltramite, uh which soldier, is like which, a huge no-no yeah yeah uh and that's where the first season ends but i know the comic continues oh yeah um, it continues a lot it gets really weird right after that with what omni-man does but we i don't want to spoil you but okay yeah <laughs> but yeah dude those are some good comics um yeah I- i'm happy kind of leaving it there for the day maybe saving some more stories for a uh a part two um yeah, someday sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah let yeah. us know in the comments below if there are any specific comic runs you want us to talk about or uh if you want us to even do a part two or any characters you'd, ra- you'd like want us to talk about kind of thing um mm-hmm. in a part two uh but yeah this, this episode just makes me want to read more comics. Like, this is... No, honestly, uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm a skimmer. Like, I skim through things. I'm like, oh, yeah, that art's cool. And, like, oh, no, I get the arcs that are going on here and stuff like that. I feel like I've definitely been reading Invincible a lot more, which is why, like, I want to talk about it. Like, I know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the major arcs now. But I'm just like, ah. Daniel, maybe I'll read... Actually, no, I, I want to watch it on the show. You want to watch the show? <laughs> you should watch The Boys, though. As as... I think I that's also based, based, based on a comic. A comic. Yeah. yeah. So... Check that out. I think they like do things differently. Plus, we didn't get into anything like uh, like DC or like the Watchmen. It's just I guess I yeah. Like, I, I mentioned because I like that. yeah I uh, talk about Spider Man a lot because I just that's what I grew up on. Um, but we can get into that potentially next time. I, I have I wanted to talk about Batman the Killing Joke, but we can do that. Yes. Next yes. time. Yeah. All right. I have a, a food for thought for you. Okay. Uh, just okay. a food discussion thing. Um, what is your favorite amusement park snack or amusement park treat? Because when tough. we did our uh, food tier list, we mm-hmm. talked about like certain desserts. We were like, this would be perfect in like a, an amusement park scenario, but nowhere else. So I'm like, what what would be the best out of those amusement park dele- uh, so delicacies? So we got like funnel cake, we got pizza, we got like uh, corn dogs, we got like... Oh, you say pizza? Yeah, I guess so. You can, you, I, there's pizza at like amusement parks. Yeah. Like that. I'm thinking about like what's over at Hershey, you know, like stuff like that. Or like whenever mm-hmm. you, there's like the York Fair. Chocolate! Like, yeah. 
Um, I was the list I had was pickle on a stick, uh, like really some fries just drenched in salt and vinegar. It's okay. I have to be in the mood for it. I'm just saying these are the options. Yeah, yeah. These are the options I'm saying. And then we got funnel cake, hot dog, corn dog, soft serve ice cream. It's like a classic. Uh, deep fried stuff like deep fried Oreos seem to always be there. Oh, yeah. Uh, churros. Yeah, that's kind of my list. And I'm, more one, I'm going of. to say corn dog. And here's why. I, yeah, love, I know you're I a love, corn dog fiend. I love corn dogs, dude. Especially if it's like the. I, I remember I used to get the ones where it's like the sausage with the syrup in them too. Like that was fucking. Like those would oh, slap. What? But yeah, I don't know if they were ever. <laughs> I've at, never at, done that. <laughs> I feel like they're at carnival sometimes, but they're like hard to find. Usually, just get the regular one. But um, but here's why, right? With the Oreos one, you get chocolate deep fried, but it always sits. I feel where like you it's get too heavy. much. Yeah, you never like feel good after much. eating that. Pizza, I, pizza's generally, it's like the baseline utility, like, food. It's like, it works anywhere. Easy to grab, easy to eat, you're good, okay? But when it comes to, to like... And to eat. <laughs> when it comes to, like, funnel cake, and it gets, like, messy, and then you get... But like, it has fun in the name, Daniel. It does, it does. I think, it's, I think it's funnel good. cake is elite at a, like, at a, uh, a carnival, like, like an amusement park, like because it's park, like a once-in-a-while yeah. treat, and it's just like a fun thing that a group can, like, snack on yeah. really quick. But... It's not really that filling. There, yeah, and and yeah. the sugar is like gone by the time you get to the bottom. And that's why a corn dog's a perfect thing because it's different from pizza. You still get a nice, healthy thing of meat in you, right? Ayo, healthy and then it's thing. <laughs> it's just perfect. I, I I love meats and carbs, man. I love, I can go in all day on on a. Okay, I'm not going to finish that sentence, but okay, Daniel, <laughs> all day, all night. I just love corn because it's easy to handle. It's easy to easy to attack. Yeah, it's you handle that meat very well. That's okay. Sticky. Shut up. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I I think I respect that decision because I think my choice would be a pickle on a stick, and I know pickle can be like iffy with some people, but I I for people that pickle like pickles, like stick. I personally really like pickles on a stick. It's like my favorite way to consume pickles on a stick consume a pickle uh in an amusement park environment and it's also the very a very similar like like if you look at the silhouette of a corn dog and a pickle on a stick it's the same silhouette so like yeah. the action is the same so i think we can we can appreciate that i can appreciate it, like the visual that, representation yeah that's what i'm yeah. saying <laughs> yeah i can appreciate that and like again like the 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 process of eating it is clean you know you don't like the but, flavor though no dude fuck pickles Okay, I can uh, I understand that you don't like it, but I yeah. for someone that does like pickles, no, I, like, that's why I get I'm it. It's you. It's, yeah, yeah, more for you. It works. Let out me that do way, me. You know, yeah, yeah. you get yeah. two. I get two corn dogs. I'll we'll, I'll double fist pickles on a stick. You'll double fist. <laughs> your meat. Dude, I want to kind of do that now. We should go to like, <laughs> a fair, or, like a carnival out there or something. And like like we're just walking up. Like, we don't even eat them. We just have like I have my corn dogs. <laughs> you got your pickles. We're just walking down the street. I feel like, like that this. could be like a hard album cover. Like just us with like <laughs> yeah! a roller coaster and like a Ferris wheel in the background and like an explosion. Just both holding up. <laughs> oh my god i also want to shout out the turkey club at knobles in the alamo the, this restaurant in the middle of the park it is fire dude uh mm. really solid um like when you've been walking around all day and just like need some some calories some carbs go for that like it hits differently dude oh well, now that you say that i was thinking about the last time i went to like galaxy's edge yeah and the the ronto wrap dude it's so oh good. yeah, it's never had. It's literally just like a bread wrap with like uh, I think it was beef or pork in there, but it's, it's Ronto and like cheese. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I had like a side of mac and cheese, man. Like that. Oh, 
Oh, it was they so have good. cheese in Star Wars. Dang. Yeah, anything could be milked. We have blue milk. We got green milk. Yeah, we got I guess it's milk. True. <laughs> we got <laughs> milk. <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, that was, it was so good. I also bought my my spork that time, so I was eating it with my spork. Oh, so nice. Cool. Yeah. I love how proud you are of the spork. It's such a funny up, like, meme, dude. I love the can. meme with the spork. I love the lore behind it. Can <laughs> you remind everyone the lore of it? So, so when when Galaxy's Edge first opened, right, they were giving like sp- these metal, like really well done sporks for people to eat their meals with, right? And you're supposed to turn it back in with your tray. <laughs> but of course, people would steal the sporks because they're so high quality. And then the parks were pissed off about this, so like, hey, stop stealing the sporks. Of course, that just made people steal the sporks more. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they stopped giving out the sporks. They started giving people like plastic utensils. But then later on, they started selling the sporks as like a meme. <laughs> and they came like a little bag and everything. I'm like, I want myself a spork. So I got myself a spork. So you bought yours, right? Yeah. Okay. Didn't get it. I feel it. like my mom. I don't know if my mom stole one. Oh, you're mom. outing her. No, I don't think she did, because, like, I never seen it at the house, so, like, Watch it's only the my police spork. barge on her door, pulling up this exact clip. <laughs> did you steal a spork? <laughs> Your son said you stole a spork. Um, oh, my God. FBI, open up! <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah no, no, it's, it's just a really funny, like, meme with that. Man, I want to go to, a like, an amusement park or a carnival. I miss Knobles a lot. I really like... I don't know if I've ever been. Dude... That's, I grew up there because my grandfather grew up there. So we would mm-hmm. go every summer and like uh, spend a week there like camping and then just going to the park. And we'd have like a couple days where we just do rides. Then we do like one day where we just do games. Um, it's like the perfect like grandparent park because you don't have to pay to get in. So grandparents can come. Rent. Yeah. And like watch their kids on the rides. But you can still get like an unlimited ride pass if you want. Mm. Um, and the rides are actually like pretty good. Noise. All right. Uh, any other last minute things we're talking about before we jump into the next segment? No, I think that's pretty much it. I think we had a, had a nice little food for, for thought there. All right. Ready for the patron shoutouts? Yeah, hit me with them. Cue the Epic Star Wars music. Boosh, got patron Lori, Frank, Rick, Lisa, Evan, Tony. Thank you so much for pledging the tier. Thank you for the shoutout. If they just support us over on Patreon, link is down in the description. You get the audio episode early, special benefits, cool perks, all that jazz, and more. Thank you seriously, sincerely to our patron supporters. Ready for cool comments? Yeah. On our one of our TikToks where we posted about which has the best fast food fries, uh, Mark JH said, uh, McDonald's are not good fries. I don't get the hype. Anyone can add salt. They're not even crispy. Just little limp little sticks. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I think I was saying that I appreciate the McDonald's fry. Um Every so often, because well, that stemmed from my mom. Um, he's not wrong. He's some, it, it really is a crapshoot. Sometimes they're like really soggy. Sometimes they're really soggy. They're really crispy. They're usually really soggy though, which is I think is again working against it. it, it um, maybe we need to add length to our girth to crisp. Oh, girth to crisp uh, to length, because I feel like the longer ones are usually limper. I don't know. Maybe it can also apply to like steak fries. I don't know if it would apply to waffle fries. We'll have to, we'll have to I think Girth and Crisp is this. fine enough. Like, yeah, we have to whiteboard this. I don't want to overcomplicate this perfection, yeah. this lightning in a bottle we have. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, all right. Ready for the introduction? Uh, yeah, tell me when. When? We just talked about whatever we want to talk about, and now we're done. Blah. 
Thank you seriously, sincerely to everyone for uh, checking this out and listening. Uh, we'll be back next time. Goodbye. Bye.